Hey, it's Chris here. I've got a quick question for you. What are you doing November 9 through to the 11th this year, 2019? If you're available, I want you to consider coming to our annual conference, which takes place in London, England, every single November. It's called the Youpreneur Summit, and it is the UK's number one online entrepreneurship conference. But don't let the fact that we're using the word UK in there spoil it for you. In fact, actually, we've now had people from over 40 countries around the world attend the event since we started it in 2017. This year, you're going to get the opportunity to learn from people like Todd Herman. Hal Elrod, JJ Virgin, Sue B. Zimmerman, Phil Jones, and a host of other incredible entrepreneurs and extremely successful business owners. And we would love for you to be able to come and spend some time with us, learn lots, mastermind plenty, network like your life depended on it, and go away from the event ready to take on the world more than ever before. The first two years sold out months before the conference even took place, and we doubt that 2019 is going to be any different. So head over to youpanasummit.com right now to secure your ticket. That's youpreneursummit.com. I'll see you in London. This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode number 341 of Youpana FM. Yes, you are in the right spot if you are a personal brand entrepreneur wanting to build a business based around you, your expertise, your personality, and the people that you just love to serve. I'm your host, Chris Ducker, as always, and today a fantastic, fantastic chat with my good friend, Ryan Levesque. However, before we get cracking, just a quick reminder that Youpreneur FM is brought to you by the Youpreneur Mastermind community, the premier online community for entrepreneurs wanting to build a profitable, sustainable business based around their experience and those that they want to serve. Community members get exclusive access to our acceleration training library, which includes everything you'll need to know to build, market, and monetize a successful business. And couple that together with our monthly mastermind calls, discounted tickets to our live events, and access to our enthusiastic, supportive member-only forums. And you've got everything you need to succeed. If you're serious about building the business of you, as I call it, and in the most rewarding profitable way possible, then you must join us. So be sure to head over to youpreneur.com today for more info. Now on to my conversation with Ryan. Now a lot of you will probably have heard his name before. He's the author of the national best-selling book, Ask. He's also the author of the brand new book, Choose. I see what you're doing with these one word book titles here, Ryan. But he's more famously known online as the founder of the Ask Method, which was a system that was set up to help internet marketers and online business owners ultimately put their customers into different buckets so that they can serve them better and with more relevancy. 
Today, myself and Ryan talk about his brand new book, Choose. We talk about how so many entrepreneurs find the right idea, but start going in the wrong direction and how we can choose the right direction for our business, for our products, for our customers, and honestly, for our own sanity as entrepreneurs. It's a fantastic conversation, which I know you're going to love. You will need that notebook and pen. I say often on this show, and that's because my guests do drop copious amounts of value bombs. And this conversation is no different. Enjoy. So Ryan, welcome to the show. Chris, it's awesome to be here. It's a pleasure to have you, my man. Um, I feel like this has been a fair amount of time coming, but you're here now, finally. We're talking about Choose, which is your new book, but we're also talking about sort of just everything that has led you to this point uh, with what you've been doing with the Ask Method and obviously your first bestseller, Ask as well, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, let's start there. I think that's a good place to start. Um, you sold, I don't know how many, hundreds of thousands of copies of that book. Do you know the number? <laughs> it's, a, it's a few hundred thousand copies. It's published in a bunch of different languages. Yep. And uh, we sold a bunch through our website as well. So it's into the hundreds of thousands now. And, um, you know, we're hoping to, you know, maybe one day before I, uh, before I turn it all in, we'll get to a million. I don't know. <laughs> you never know, man. Absolutely. So, well, congratulations on it. Massive success. What brought you about, though, from Ask, which was great and, and it was kind of, helping people figure out what they you know what their people wanted and needed from them and that sort of thing where does this come from where's choose come from in this whole kind of ryan world yeah so you know in ask i taught a marketing methodology that I'd use to successfully enter 23 different niche markets. And, and ask is really about asking the right types of questions to understand your market at a deep emotional level. So you can figure out not only what products to sell to that market, but how to communicate to that market, what languaging to use, what buckets to put people into so you can sell in a more tailored way and ultimately better sell and better serve. One of the things I didn't teach in the book, though, was how I chose those 23 different markets. And it pained me. We were talking before the uh, show about all the great letters that you and I have gotten from readers and, you know, how it just warms your heart when you hear someone who's totally, you know, used what you've taught and they've used it to transform their life. And for every story that I got like that, there would be a few people who said, Ryan, I followed ask to the letter and yet it didn't work. And that frustrated me. Like it, it hurt me, right? Cause people put their heart and soul into the work that they're doing. And so I started doing a little bit of digging. In fact, it was the start of what became a three year research project to figure <laughs> out what was going wrong. Right. And I realized Chris, that the single biggest mistake that people were making is that before asking, they were choosing bad markets to go into. So they were making this mistake up front, and it's a metaphor that I like to use, and I shared it with you. It's sort of like this, like when you decide, if you wanna start your own business, do your own thing, you wanna um, you know, become an entrepreneur, um, it's sort of like you're making this decision to put your, your boat in the, in, the, in the river. 
and you're putting your raft, your boat in the river, and you want that river to take you to your destination, which is whatever goal you've set out for yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what I see people doing time and time again is this, is they say, all right, they, they get their boat, they put it in the river and they, uh, they get the best possible equipment. Um, some cases they might hire the best possible help. And I know you, you've taught so many people how to find, you know, build virtual teams and virtual help. So you so get in the best possible help they can have to, to help man the crew. Um, and then they row that boat 18 hours a day. They bust their butt. They work super hard, but they made a critical mistake. The boat was facing the wrong direction. Ouch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or worse yet, they put their boat in a river, Chris, that doesn't have any water in it. It's a dry riverbed. And when you contrast that with when you put your boat in a river that has not too much, not too little, but just the right amount of water with the current at your back propelling you forward to your destination, it's like night and day. And so I see people who have put the 18 hour days in, they've struggled, they've been rowing as hard as they can. They say, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not getting to where I want to go. And I've discovered that it all comes down to the single most important decision you need to make before starting your business, which is what river are you going to put your boat into? Or in other words, what market, what niche are you going to serve? Yeah, I love that metaphor because I see it all the time within the Upreneur community where people come on board and they're talking about, you know, kind of what they're known for and, and what they're doing. But then when they actually start doing what you taught for many years, which is asking, talking, reaching out, and more importantly, listening to what people give back to them in regards to their needs and wants, they actually realize a lot of the time, not all of the time, but a lot of the time, they're actually known and loved and respected and trusted for things that they weren't even aware of in the first place. Mm. Do you see that happening a lot as well with your customers and that sort of type of thing? Yeah, you know, I think what happens is when people are, are starting a business, they, they become naturally fixated on the what. And there's this common misconception. There's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of effort and emphasis on focusing on what. So what should I create? What should I build? Uh, what type of business should I go into when the reality is the what is important, but the foundation on which all things are built is actually who, as hmm. you think about your market, right? And who you serve, that is so much more fundamentally important than whatever product you create, whatever course you come out with, uh, whatever book that you write, starting with that, who is that fundamental decision. And what I see people, the mistake that they make is they don't spend enough time really clarifying who there, who is. And so that's where they kind of are a little bit all over the place. That's where they're running into the challenge or situation that you just described, where they're not, they're known for something that they weren't intended to be intending to be known for. Um, or maybe in their head, they have this vision of what it is that they're doing. But the reality is, is the market feels differently. Um, oftentimes is because there's this mismatch. They don't have the clarity that you need on that who piece, which then is that, you know, kind of finding that hidden river um, tucked away that nobody really knows about. Um, that is your river that is perfect to take you to the destination that you want to get to. Okay. So this is so good. So obviously, I mean, you know, these people, this, this isn't necessarily like, a, they're not bad people. They're mission-based, they're passion-based, that sort of type of thing. But they're just sort of, like you say, very clearly with that boat metaphor, they're facing in the wrong, in the wrong direction there. What other types of mistakes do you see people making when it comes to actually choosing their marketplace? 
Yeah. So, so there are a couple mistakes and, and I talk about, I elaborate the, on this, uh, in the book, but there, there's two that we can, that we can touch on right now. So, so the first has to do with market size. So the first has to do with market size. And one of the first mistakes I see people make is they either go into a market that's either too big or too small. And, you know, with our river metaphor, it's like putting your boat into a, a dry riverbed, the too small market, or just a little trickle of water, or just as problematic is putting your boat in the middle of a vast ocean in which you can be swallowed up. And, and Chris, one of the things that was really fascinating going through this research project uh, over the last three years, I analyzed every single one of the successful markets that I went into. And I've been into all sorts of obscure markets, teaching people how to make Scrabble tile jewelry, uh, orchid care, memory improvement, uh, things like tennis and weight loss and high-end water filtration systems for homes, all sorts of different markets. And what I looked at was, what were some of the common trends among all of my successes? But even more interesting, what were some of the common trends among my failures? And then I took that same sort of uh, study across uh, my readers and my students. So the hundreds of thousands of readers, the thousands of customers and clients that I've worked with uh, over the over the years, um, and looked at what were the common trends that separated successful companies from those that failed. And I kind of hmm. was inspired by Jim Collins' work, right? So Jim Collins' work from good to great, great by choice, where he studied iconic companies, so big, multi-billion dollar companies, and looked at what was it that separated those that were successful over time and those that failed. And I did it on a much smaller scale. So sort of small bootstrap entrepreneurs, self-funded companies, uh, people like you and me just kind of starting in our, you know, starting in our kitchen table or in our bedroom and, and, you know, building our business over time. What were the common, common trends? And I started looking at something I talk about in the, in the book, which is, um, the, the keyword volume among those businesses. Mm -hmm. Now, Chris, mo most, much of my experience is in the, the space of selling education and expertise. Yes. So uh, selling digital courses, membership sites, um, doing live events, coaching, consulting, masterminds, that sort of thing. And, and what I found, it was fascinating. Like when I, when, when I remember the moments that my colleague and I made this discovery, we looked at each other and we said, this can't be true. We looked at the successful markets and the unsuccessful markets, and we plugged the keywords for those markets into Google Trends. Now, Google Trends is a free tool. You can Anybody can use it, trends.google.com. And what we found, Chris, was that every single one of our successful businesses all fit within a very narrow and specific keyword band. Okay. Leadership skills, beekeeping, orchid care, things like that. Right. And every single one of my failures and my client's failures was either way outside being above that range or way outside being below that range. And so we debated literally for weeks, did we want to reveal this secret in the book? Did we want to share? Because this basically was like the, the one of the biggest discoveries I've made in the last 10 years. And so we coined these are Rosetta Stone keywords. Okay. Keywords that represented businesses that you can plug into Google Trends as a benchmark and compare them against the market you you think you're thinking about going into, and then just, and take a look and see does it fit within that narrow keyword band? Does it fit way above? Does it fit way below? But give yourself a benchmark, knowing the number of successes and failures that went into that. So that's that first big mistake: is hmm. choosing a market that's either too big or too small. And uh, there are tools you can use to help decide that before starting your business. I love that. That's that's. 
so good and so incredibly primal, yet so many people skip over that as well. I, I think I love the fact that that's your number one. But you said there's two. So what's the number two? So just like market size, you want to have a market size that fits within the sweet spot. Similarly, you want to have a market that has the right amount of competition, right? Not too much and not too little. Now, there's a couple of big mistakes I see people make here all the time. Um, so one of them is this. Uh, the biggest mistake, in fact, that I see is people, um, they, they stumble on an idea. They have this idea to do something. And so what do they do? They go online, they do a little bit of research and they say, ah, oh, somebody's already doing that. I got to come up with something else. Right. <laughs> or they make the opposite end of the mistake, which is they find they have this brilliant idea. They go online, they do a little bit of research and they say, oh my gosh, nobody's doing this. Like I've stumbled on, on gold. Right? right. Right. The reality is there are 8 billion people, give or take on this planet. And chances are that brilliant idea that we've had, somebody else has already had it. And if you're not seeing evidence of that thing being created, chances are someone tried and failed. And so there's this phrase that one of my mentors taught me that I, uh, I'll pass along here, and it, and it goes like this. Remember this, pioneers get shot, but settlers get rich. If you look at the most successful companies of our time, Chris, Google, Facebook, Apple, none of them were the first to market in their respective areas, right? Google was not the first search engine. Facebook was not the first social media platform. Apple was not the first to sell smartphones or uh, to sell uh, MP3 players. Um, they all found an opportunity and built a better mousetrap. And therein lies the secret. The secret is this. When it comes to deciding what market you want to go into, not only do you want to have the right amount of competition, but what you're specifically looking for is competitors who are succeeding in spite of themselves. So in other words, you want to find evidence that somebody is making money online doing the thing that you're thinking about doing, right. but, there, but there's opportunity to do better. You can build a better mousetrap. They're missing something. Maybe it's in their marketing. It's in their messaging. It's in their products. And all you need to do, they've blazed the trail. They've pioneered it for you. All you need to do is come in and do a better job, deliver better value, and you have a great chance of succeeding in a situation like that. Yeah, agreed 100%. I think, like you said, clearly, if there's no one else doing what you want to do out there, there's an issue with that in 2019 and beyond. Like, you've got to look a little bit closer at that for sure. But I mean, I often say as well, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on this. I mean, doing something better than someone else is great. And yes, it's a good business model to follow. But I also love the idea and I, I, I preach it a lot. And as well as just doing that, but doing doing it differently, like doing mm. it only the way that you can do it will also help you stand out, gain market share, spread your message, et cetera. What's your thoughts on that? You know, it's one of the biggest things that comes up all the time when I talk about this idea of selling education and expertise. People often say, but wait, of all the business models out there, why that? And I advocate for this for a number of reasons. It's the it's the, the lowest startup cost to get going. Mm -hmm. um, as you and I know, great margins, right? Selling education, you can have tremendously great margins. You don't have the issues of like you have with an e-commerce business where you've got to manage stock and inventory and, and prototypes and molds and import 
and export and everything like that. Um, unlike with a brick and mortar physical storefront, you have access to a global market. So you're not tied to your local hometown. So there are all sorts of benefits to selling education and expertise, not to mention that globally, the spending that people are uh, investing on their education online is exploding, like in, into the hundreds of billions of dollars. Mm. Uh, but inevitably, someone will say, but wait, there's so much free information out there. Right. I can just go to YouTube and get the answer to everything that I want. Dude, I had this and- exact conversation like four <laughs> hours ago <laughs> with a consulting client. <laughs> I kid you not, four hours ago. And, and I'll tell you what my answer is to this is, is, is it's this. And it's, it's what you touched on right there. Finding your edge, finding your niche doorway into a market comes from being you. That's it. Nobody else can replicate your personality, your mannerisms, the uh, the way your humor, uh, the way that you speak, the the disparate interests that you have in your life. Like for me, for example, people in my world know this, but Chris, I'm a huge A-fole, which is an adult fan of Lego. Um, Lego is huge. So I have all sorts of Lego metaphors and references and, and, and using Lego as a company example and a lot of things that I teach. Right. Um, that's because I'm a huge Lego fan. I've got I two boys. You know, I, I, I don't know whether you know, I'm also a big Lego fan as well. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's even, that's like I just awesome, finished. Dude. I just finished the limited edition London bus kit right here that I picked oh up my gosh, at the Leicester Square store in London. Yeah. <laughs> that's go. awesome. You know, so whatever that thing is, this, uh, this one is of like, my We have to say like funny. geek alert. Everybody tuning in. I know, exactly. This, this could <laughs> go south it. very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? We could get distracted. <laughs> right. um, but whatever that thing is, whether it's, whether it's Lego, whether it's, you know, some obscure hobby that you might have, mm. I think people feel like they need to sanitize what they put out there to make it applicable to as many people as possible. But there's no better way to stand out than to just be you. Whatever weird, quirky things you have about yourself, celebrate those things, put them out there. Because here's the thing, you're gonna, there are gonna be some people out there that love you, some people that hate you, no matter what version of yourself you put out there. So you might as well just put the real version out. Absolutely. Amen to that. 100%. Okay. So let's, for, for the last sort of 10 minutes or so of the chat here, what I really want to do is deep dive a little on the book. Um, you sure. talk about in the pages, you talk about the five market must-haves can you spend a couple of minutes on each and kind of break them down for us so everybody knows what they're going to get their hands on when they buy a copy? Because clearly all you guys tuning in need this. Can you break that down a little for us? Yeah, absolutely. So so similarly, when I went into that three-year research project, I was looking at sort of inspired by Jim Collins, what were the common trends across each of the successful markets and unsuccessful markets, both my own and clients and students? And what we came up with was that there are five key elements, five things that you want to make sure your market has before you proceed and build a business. So we call them the five market must-haves and there's follow. So the first one is this. The first one is what we call an evergreen market. And what that means, Chris, is that a market that was relevant 10 years ago and will be relevant 10 years from now. I learned this lesson the hard way when I launched my first business, which was teaching people how to make jewelry with Scrabble tiles and origami paper. Now, whenever I say this, people are like, whoa, like that's, that's, what's the story? That's crazy. Well, 
in 2007, 2008, my wife stumbled upon this kind of fad, this craze that was happening um, on a website which had just launched at the time, which is huge now, but it was it was a startup back then called Etsy.com. And Etsy, for anyone not sure. familiar, is like eBay for handmade goods. And so there was this type of jewelry that was selling like crazy. And at the time, Chris, my wife and I were, uh, st- we were living in China. I just quit my last corporate job. Um, I was in Shanghai. She was in Hong Kong. She was doing a, a PhD program um, at Hong Kong. I moved moved in with her, um, uh, in Hong Kong. And, uh, she kept, you know, she said, Hey Ryan, I think, um, there's this opportunity to sell this jewelry. We're in Asia. We have access to all this origami paper. We have access to inexpensive labor. We can mass produce this jewelry and import it into the United States. What do you think? And, you know, Chris, I think you and I were very similar. Like when I started my business, I did not want to be tied down to, a factory in China. I wanted, I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted freedom. I wanted, you know, location freedom. And so I said, honey, I don't think that's a good idea. We'll, you know, add it to the long list of, of bad ideas. We'll move on. <laughs> right. Well, then a couple of weeks later, she reaches out to me and she says, um, Ryan, I think, um, that Scrabble Tower jewelry thing has some legs. I said, honey, I thought we'd dismiss it. And she said, no, 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 no. Not making the jewelry, but check this woman's shop out. We saw this woman who had created a little tutorial teaching people how to make this jewelry. And she was selling the tutorial for, I think, 20 or $30. And she was selling 20 to 30 copies of this thing a day. And we did the math and we're saying, so she's making like $600 a day. There is no overhead. It's just a digital PDF. We did the math. And we're like, oh my gosh, she's making like, gosh, $10,000, $15,000 a month. This is insane, right? So we bought her tutorial. We found that it wasn't uh, very good. And we decided to build a better mousetrap. And so we started making a little bit of money in that business. And we grew it to something like eight or $9,000 a month. A few months later, the craze, the fad, and it reached a saturation point and just fell off a cliff. Literally, like nobody was buying the jewelry. Everyone was making the jewelry because they saw the craze. Nobody was buying it. Nobody was buying the 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 PDFs. I just quit my job and we kind of looked at each other and said, all right, now what? So the mistake that people make is they go into fad markets. They go into markets like Bitcoin, which I talk about in the book, a market that just fell off a cliff in the last year and a half. Uh, they go into markets like fidget spinners. They see these crazes, they get excited by it, right. and they put themselves into a dangerous situation. So you want a market that is evergreen. Um, The example I give is one of our businesses is the orchid care space. Orchids as in the flower. And the reason why we arrived at that business, Chris, is orchids have been a hobby for literally hundreds of years. People have been caring for orchids for hundreds of years. They're not going anywhere. Orchids have been around since the time of the dinosaurs. So this is something that is a safe bet that, you know, people cared for orchids 100 years ago. They're probably going to care for orchids 100 years from now. So evergreen evergreen is You're absolutely right. Yeah. Second is enthusiast market. And what I mean by that is there are some evergreen markets that are what we call problem solution markets. Problem solution market is a market where someone comes in, they they solve the problem and they move on with their life and they never want to think about it again. Perfect example is something like mold removal, right? Or um, a water damage, right? Removing like if you have a flooded basement, you want to remove that damage and you never want to think about that ever again. Contrast that with a market like dog owners. Dog owners may have problems that they need to solve in that market, but when someone you know has a dog, is a dog owner, they want to uh, buy things in that market for many, many, many years. I know this because uh, my wife and I, we, we you know our family, we have, we have a family dog, and so we spend all sorts of crazy money on things like doggy toys and doggy food and pet insurance and um, you know doggy T-shirts and Christmas ornaments and all sorts of crazy things. Right. Um, so you. Look for a market that you can sell to the same customer 
over and over again. That's the secret. You don't want to put yourself in a market where you constantly have to chase after a new customer to generate the next sale. So the second is an enthusiast market. Third is you want to solve an urgent problem in the context of that enthusiast and evergreen market. What I mean by that is this. It's not enough to sell doggy mugs or doggy Christmas ornaments. You've got to find what is the urgent problem that people in that market need help solving immediately. Classic example in the dog market is potty training a puppy. You get a cute little puppy, you bring the puppy home, but the puppy's peeing on the rug. Puppy's peeing on the sofa. It's a problem that people will go online and not have a whole lot of price sensitivity to solve. And they're going to say, all right, honey, we got to get this thing solved now. They're not going to try to save 10 bucks or 20 bucks to get a better deal or shop around for discount codes. They want to solve it immediately. I share a story in the book of Dana Olbermann and her husband, Mike. They built a business called Sleep Sense. It's a business that helps, and I know you got young kids, it helps parents get their kiddos to sleep through the night. So we can think when you're little ones, before they were sleeping through the night, right, how painful it is where it's like nobody's getting any sleep. That's an urgent problem that people need help solving. Mm-hmm. So that's the third one. Fourth one is future problems. What I mean by that is this. You want to find a market where when you solve that first problem for someone, the success leads to wanting to solve the next problem along the way. So, for example, Chris, in your business, you serve entrepreneurs. You help entrepreneurs. And so many times they'll come to you, I imagine, with maybe a problem like, uh, Chris, what, what, what business should I start or what product should I create? They create a product. They have success with this. And they say, this is great, but now I'm doing everything myself. How do I hire a team? Um, And so there's that next problem that they need to solve. Mm -hmm. So success leads to another problem that they need help solving. And when you do things right and you serve at the highest level, you become that person's trusted advisor for life. Like I imagine, Chris, that you have clients and readers of yours that have been with you for years now, and they look to you to say, Chris, I need help with this next thing. What do you recommend? Absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. In fact, actually, I just shared a photo with a client of mine that was at my first ever mastermind gathering, which was in 2011. And there was six of us at the table for that day. They all paid $150 each. Clearly, I had no idea what I was doing with the pricing. Um, but in 2011, there were six of us at the table, and I just shared one one particular client out of that six has been with me, come to all of my events, hired me as a private coach, bought all my courses, become a member of the academy, everything for years and years and years. And I just, I found a photo just very randomly uh, cleaning out Dropbox a couple of days ago. And I just sent it to him and I said, dude, I can't believe this was, you know, almost nine years ago. It's crazy, right? Crazy, right? When When you play that long game and, you know, you've made the very wise decision with the market that you've gone into um, because you've you've found a market that is evergreen, right? People want, you know, wanting to become an entrepreneur and start your own business that's been around forever. It's going to be around forever. Um, It's an enthusiast market, right? For those of us uh, uh, entrepreneurs, like we're, we're crazy. We read books about, you know, uh, business. We, we eat, sleep and breathe this thing. Um, We have these urgent problems that we need help solving immediately. It's like you, we wake up and there are multiple of them. Um, We have future problems. And the last thing that you want to look for, the fifth and final market must have, is uh, is a phrase I learned um, from the late, great Gary Halbert, um, who's one of the greatest direct response copywriters of all time. Um, and it's a, you want to find a market that's filled with PWMs. What that stands for is players with money. 
doesn't necessarily mean that you're looking to sell to billionaires. It means that you're looking for a market where people will have a demonstrated uh, desire to spend disproportionate amount of money in that market. So classic example of that is a golf market, right? If you play golf, if you know any golfers, the amount of money that golfers spend on equipment, on tee times, on uh, vacations, on once in a lifetime experiences, golf cruises, trips to the masters is incredible. I learned this mistake the hard way in one of our first businesses in the memory improvement space. Um, my degree is in neuroscience. I had to make my parents proud and do something with that that degree. So I decided to, to after teaching people how to make Scrabble tile jewelry and, and care for their flowers, um, <laughs> to do something with it. So teach right. people how to improve their memory. And what I learned, Chris, the hard way is that most of our customers, despite creating a great product and having some success in that business, most of our customers were uh, were poor college and grad students. These were people who needed help studying for an exam like the MCATs or the LSATs, one of the standardized tests to get into law school or medical school. And they didn't have any money. Like for me, when I was in college, I just had a few hundred dollars in my bank account. So asking someone like that to spend a few hundred dollars on, a, on an online course, they're practically putting their life savings into it. So um, I learned the hard way that you wanna make sure you're going after a market that's filled with players with money. So evergreen, enthusiast, urgent problem, future problem, and finding a market that's filled with PWMs. Thank you. Fantastic. What a great way to be able to kind of like wrap up such a warm, enthusiastic uh, conversation by busting down those five main sections of the book as well. Uh, For you guys tuning in, we have a little treat for you here. Ryan is actually going to figure out how to get you a copy of the book for free. All you need to do is just cover shipping and handling no matter where you are in the world. You can get a copy for free. You can head over to choosethebook.com forward slash youpreneur and get your grubby little hands on it. Um, Ryan, thank you for coming on. Thank you for what you did with Ask. Me and my team put that into play. I know many, many other of our mutual entrepreneurial friends did likewise and have done very well with it, made lots of money with it. Well, Chris, listen, it's been an honor. I super appreciate it and uh, look forward to uh, catching up soon. (laughs) Good stuff, brother. For you guys tuning in, you're going to get links and all the rest of it that we've got going on for this episode. And obviously that will mean a link to, um, you know, the book page on Amazon on all the rest of it as well. Make sure you check this out when it hits the shelves. Choose the single most important decision before starting your business. Show notes at youpreneur.com forward slash 341. I'll be back at you again next week with another episode of your favorite personal brand business building website. Until then, take good care. Bye for now. If you enjoyed today's show, I'd love for you to check out the Youpreneur Mastermind community. It's the go-to resource for everyone wanting to build a profitable, future-proof business based around their experience and those that they want to serve. So whether you're just starting out or if you've been working hard on your personal brand and building your online platform for a while, the Youpreneur Mastermind community can help you take everything you've been doing to the next level. With lots of training, live mastermind calls, and thriving community forums where you can get the feedback, advice, and more energy and encouragement than you'll know what to do with, the Youpreneur Mastermind community is the perfect place for anyone wanting to learn how to build, market, and monetize their personal brand. For more info and to get started on your new Youpreneur journey, head over to youpreneur.com today. I'll see you on the inside.